Well, first up, uh, the big story today, the fallout, the reaction, the shockwaves created by the announcement late last night that Brampton Mayor Patrick Brown, one of the front runners in the Conservative Party of Canada leadership race, was being booted. The Brampton mayor was uh, ousted late Tuesday by a leadership organizing committee for what it called, quote, serious allegations of wrongdoing. However, it did not provide any specifics. The party says it received numerous allegations against Brown, including some that appear to violate financing rules under the Canada Elections Act. Brown says his campaign followed the rules, and it was the party that didn't provide the full details of the allegation. Brown also claims it's proof the fix is in. Brown spoke with Jazz Joe Hall on Vancouver's CKNW Jazz Joe Hall show this afternoon. Well, I think we were making the Pierre Polyev campaign very nervous. We clearly had a path to victory. We signed up over 150,000 Canadians to join the party. Um, and uh, they've used their influence um, to successfully disqualify one of their chief adversaries um, in this race. And um, it's not good for democracy is not good for the Conservative Party when you disqualify one of the leading candidates only days before um, the ballots are mailed out. There's Patrick Brown speaking to Jazz Joe Hall earlier today on CKNW. Well, this evening, reports of a lawyer's letter sent to the Conservative Party of Canada's Leadership Election Organizing Committee announcing Brown's intention to appeal the decision. Uh, the firm brought in is Henning Hutchison, Mary Hennin's for one of Canada's top criminal defence lawyers. The plot thickens. The development, of course, for now, leaves five candidates in the race, the winner of which will be announced on September the 10th. Well, joining me now is Laurie Turnbull, Associate Professor of Political Science and Director of the School of Public Administration at Dalhousie University. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Thanks so much for having me. Well, you just knew this was going to cause a lot of shockwaves today. What have you made of all the back and forth? It feels like there was a lot of ink spilled as well on this one. But uh, do we know enough about these allegations, do you think? Well, like, it's hard to tell at this point. Like, you're sort of getting dribs and drabs as it goes on. Like, I think we're learning a little bit around the fact that they're saying that the committee agreed. You know, even though the vote was split on the committee, the committee agreed that the allegations were serious and that they, you know, they they kind of had some sense that they needed to, to act on them. The question was more about what do we do? Right. Like, do we do something now? Do we do something later? Do we wait till the results are over before we make a decision? And so that would have to do with what's fair to the candidates. And also, I think, keeping the integrity of the party intact as well. But at this point, like, I don't think we know enough to be able to make a decision, you know, on your own. Right. Like there's there's not enough transparency. And so you're not going to know really, you know, whose whose version of things to believe. It's it's really tough. It is. And I think in many ways, not. we always use the word unprecedented and it's not, but the timing of it, uh, the the way it was released late at night, a a pretty cryptic, uh, to be honest, or at least vague statement. I suppose they went as far as they thought they could go. Um, But this really does throw the whole race upside down a little bit, or does it? So I think it does. I mean, it would be obviously, I guess, the thing that would throw the race the most upside down is if this happened with Pierre Polyev instead of Patrick Brown, because Pierre Polyev is the front runner. And so that would cause the kind of like, oh, wow, you know, this whole thing is now open season and it, it would be crazy. But I think Patrick Brown's departure is pretty like it causes a significant shift in what's going on, because the big thing for Pierre Polyev is whether he's going to be able to win on the first ballot. He has so much 
front runner status that, you know, he's sort of trying to build up a lot of momentum and, and really thrive on that. But there's not much of a sense that he has down ballot support. His big thing is he wants to win on the first ballot. So if he now that Patrick Brown is out of the race, or at least, you know, it looks like he is, he's not, it doesn't look like there's much shot he's coming back, but who knows. Um, now what Pierre Polyev has to win on the first ballot might be smaller in terms of the absolute number of votes, because if a lot of the people who had signed up to vote for Patrick Brown end up not coming out at all, then 50% of, you know, 500 and some, 500,000 some, you know, is, is less than what it could have been. And so that's good news for Pierre Polyev. On the other hand, now there's 150,000 people who've signed up through Patrick Brown, who presumably would have put him first, who are looking for a place to happen. And so then it gives someone like Jean Charest, someone like Scott Aitchison, and the other candidates too, an opportunity to go and court these members, almost like they're new members, when they can't sign up any new ones now. So I think it actually does throw quite a bit of a, a door open for this thing. I was a bit surprised, to be frank, with Patrick Brown's approach today of sort of suggesting the fix was in because, you yeah. know, you could have come out today and said, hey, listen, I, I don't know what this is about. It seems untransparent. I don't think this is fair. I should have a chance to defend myself. And I think people would have said, oh, that makes sense. But then to come out and say, well, you know, this is proof that the fix was in, you think, well, what are you talking about? It, it just seemed like an odd approach to me. Well, that did. I mean, it seemed like he was really trying to put, like, I mean, obviously trying to put the whole thing on Pierre Polio's camp and saying this, these people are out to get me, right? Like, my candidacy was looking viable. They got scared by the number of people I signed up and they thought, okay, you know, we're going to try to get rid of this guy. But I mean, again, like that speaks to, it goes back to, to your earlier question about, do we know enough to be able to prove anything? And no, right? Like, it's it's just these these two narratives that actually if when you line them up might not actually be mutually exclusive, but one is saying, you know, Patrick Brown is a bad guy who does bad things. And so, you, you know, you shouldn't believe anything. And, and, you know, that, this sort of thing, we're like, that's, I think without the proof, without the transparency around what he's being accused of and how he responded to it, that's the narrative from one side. And then the other side from Patrick Brown is basically, Oh, well, these guys just wanted to, to eliminate me. But I mean, that doesn't put him in good stead to defend himself. Maybe he thinks he doesn't have to defend himself, but it's strange because he's almost acting like he's still a candidate when he's not. And I don't get that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, either lots to still follow there, no doubt. Uh, I mean, he has, there have been allegations of stuff in the past with, with Brown. Some of it, I know uh, he, he was not, uh, you know, it, 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 he's still here, uh, but there have been allegations of the past about some of his behavior. Well, yeah, I mean, and that was the thing, I think that was the reason that a lot of people were wondering whether his candidacy was really viable to begin with, as there was this question about, you know, is this kind of stuff going to come back to dog him on the campaign trail? Is he going to be able to get around the accusations that he's faced in the past? This, the truth is, those, those accusations and his whole, his whole story as a politician is far more known in Ontario than it is outside of Ontario. So like, how is this stuff going to affect him? But I think right from the get-go, Jenny Byrne, Pierre Polyev have really tried to situate Patrick Brown back in that world where he was under these, this cloud of all of these accusations. And even to the point where Jenny Byrne has been, has accused Michelle Rempel Garner of being a fake feminist because she supported Patrick Brown and look at all the accusations against him. So even that, right? Like from day one, this leadership race has been so 
toxic in so many ways, right? And the, the trust between the candidates, the sense of a common project is really not there. Yeah, the, I was I was thinking that uh, today too. That in, in a campaign where there was slightly more congeniality between between the different contestants, this might have played out a bit differently. But it seems that it's uh, already back to that toxicity to some extent. I know. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing that looks like it's ramping up now. And it's interesting because, like, we have like roughly two months left of this thing because the votes are all supposed to go in on September 10th. And well, we'll find out who the winner is on September 10th. So now we've got the mail-in ballot going, going on for the next while. We don't have any more debates, at least not official ones. We don't hear a lot from the candidates who are lesser known, right? Like people like Scott Aitchison, Roman Baver, we're not hearing so much from them. There's really a kind of lull in the debate, or sorry, in the conversation in terms of policy, and where the candidates, like what they stand for. Now, I'm assuming there's a whole lot going on on social media and direct messaging and things like that. But otherwise, like the, it seems like from a, from a public standpoint, the thing has lost a whole lot of momentum. So now you pour over the top of that, this high level of toxicity, very personal swiping and attacks between the candidates. Either they're attracting one another or you don't hear from them. And so overall, I don't think it's a great look for the party. I mean, that said, like we've, I guess there's a couple of months to turn this thing around. And it'll be interesting to see whether the tone shifts now that there are, again, you know, 150,000 people who supported one person or, or signed up from that person, presumably to support him, and now won't be able to. It'll be interesting to see where they go, obviously. I'm speaking with Laurie Turnbull, Associate Professor of Political Science and Director of the School of Public Administration at Dalhousie University. Uh, we've been talking about uh, Patrick Brown being disqualified. It happened late last night. Lots of fallout today. Patrick Brown came out swinging today. There is now a lawyer's letter that's been sent. He intends to appeal. We'll talk about whether he can appeal or not. There's some confusion around that uh, as well. Speaking of things that are somewhat opaque tonight, uh, that's coming up. I believe right now um, Justin Trudeau is celebrating. He would love the opportunity uh, to um, face uh, to face Pierre Polyev in the next election. It would be, um, I believe, a conservative train wreck. Patrick Brown today, um, letting it all out with uh, Jazz Joe Hall on CKNW's Jazz Joe Hall Show. Uh, Laurie Turnbull is my guest this half hour, Associate Professor of Political Science and Director of the School of Public Administration at Dalhousie University. Uh, what do you make? Do you think that's true? Do you think uh, Do you think he's right uh, as far as do you think it, the liberals, uh, do you think Justin Trudeau is doing a celebrating Patrick Brown's demise tonight? <laughs> I mean, like, I I can see some logic to Trudeau wanting to run against Pierre Polyev in some ways, right? Like, because it speaks to the different things that Patrick Brown and Pierre Polyev bring to the table. Patrick Brown is more of a moderate, as is Jean Charest. Um, po- you know, possibly, I think from Patrick Brown's perspective, someone like him, someone like Charest, they have more of an opportunity and more of an ability to bring the party together and grow the party. And so they would appeal more to the center right. And so they might even uh, appeal to some people who are often liberal voters and are just tired of Justin Trudeau. I think Patrick Brown and Jean Charest would want to appeal to people who consider themselves centrist and who find the liberal NDP coalition to be too left, too progressive, you know, whatever. And that's not a coalition. It's a confidence and supply agreement. But I think um, on the other hand, that might have the effect of kind of downplaying some of the appeal that Pierre Polyev really might have. And 
I even find when I watch some of the material that Pierre Polyev is putting out, like some of the videos that he's put out and things right. like that, it's kind of reminiscent of some of the videos that Justin Trudeau put out back it in is. 2015. It is. And it's I don't know if that's, thank God you said yeah. that, because I don't know if that was just me or what. No, but no, it, it's it's a storytelling thing. It's a folksy thing. It is. Yeah. It is. I get 100%. you. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I yeah. think that Pierre Polyev is actually trying to do something uh, quietly revolutionary in that he's trying to really uh, rip down the traditional assumptions about what the political party is. He talks about how he's running for prime minister. He says nothing about the conservative party. He talks about, you know, he talks about Justin Trudeau. He talks about freedom, things, he's, you know, ideas and concepts that are very difficult to define. And so he's difficult to define too. He's hard to pin down. He's hard for the liberals to frame him. And so I think his, his plan is to just walk around with all the confidence in the world and not get sucked into the, the, you know, back and forth of the conservative thing at all. And so in which case I think that he, he might actually turn out to be more, uh, a formidable a candidate, you know, formidable an opponent to Justin Trudeau than Patrick Brown thinks. I would think so. I would think so. And it's interesting you've noticed that because I noticed that too. There's something about the sort of the storytelling and also it's just pure politics. Of course, Jenny Byrne, John Baird's on board with him as well. There's the idea that you define yourself before your opponent can define you better, right? So that's uh, clearly what he's up to. Do you think this damages the conservatives at all, that there's this sort of you know, one of the front runners gets tossed, uh, as you mentioned, just a little while before people will actually start filling in those ballots? Oh, I think so, right? Because this type of thing leads to a sort of, like, good grief, right? Like, it kind of looks like administratively, practically, the party will not look all that smooth in terms of its rollout of this thing, especially since it's only mail-in ballot, right? Like, you can't show up. It's that everyone is going to get a mail-in ballot. And I think, um, you know, some have rolled out already. And so ballots are going to have Patrick Brown's name on them. And so there's going to be this sense that, yeah, we kicked this guy out. So don't vote for him. Like, don't, you know, don't bother putting an X next to his name or a number next to his name. And so it's a little, you know, it comes across as being a bit amateurish, I think. But more broadly, um, to the extent that they haven't been totally transparent about the accusations or Patrick Brown's response, it runs the risk that some people start to say, I don't know what really happened here. You know, and yeah, what if Patrick yeah. Brown is right? You know, because Agreed. he's yeah. saying some pretty, like, even this point, and, and I'll be quiet here and let you, let you jump in, but no, even no, his no. point around, they threw it, they pushed Ed Fast out. They pushed Michelle Rempel to the point that she left my campaign. Like, if, that, if those kinds of messages start resonating with people, he really might have, like, Pierre Polyev might have some things to answer for. The party might look like it's not controlling this and not providing a safe space for people to be able to support who they want. And so it could look bad, bad if it looks like not only is it a coronation, but Pierre Polyev was particularly, um, you know, hostile toward anybody who didn't support him. I only have about 30 seconds left, Laurie. Um, lawyer's letter tonight um, announcing his intention to appeal, Patrick Brown's. Can he appeal? My understanding is probably, but I, but I don't know. Can he appeal? That's my understanding, too. I didn't see anything completely definitive on it, but it's, it seems to me like he, he could, and it could happen very quickly, and I wouldn't blame him if he did. On the other hand, he's got other things to consider. If this isn't going to be a slam dunk for him, he might not want to do that, especially given the fact that he wants to still run for the mayor of Brampton. Lori Turnbull, thanks so much for your time tonight. Thank you. Take it easy.